Here's what we're going to do. We're, we're in Hebrews chapter 11. If, uh, if you're newer to Veritas, um, this, this is our custom. We grab a book of the Bible and march our way through it and learn all, the, all that we can along the way. We've been doing that in the New Testament book of Hebrews, and uh, we've gotten to chapter 11. We're going to be wrapping up this, man, unbelievable chapter. Unlike really any of the other chapters in the whole book of Hebrews, it's just been remarkable. What a journey. I'm going to wrap that up. But before we get to that, um, I want to have Hebrews 11.6 put on the screen here because this really is the theme verse of, of the whole book, but especially of this chapter. You have Hebrews 11.6. You don't have Hebrews 11.6. Look in your Bibles at Hebrews 11.6. Um, Hebrews 11.6 says this. Now, without faith, it is impossible to please God, since the one who draws near to him must, okay, here he is, must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Now, we've talked about this, and, and we'll get to our passage here shortly, that um, that's not quite so much a definition for faith as much as it is a launching point to describe what faith is. And so all the rest of this chapter, if, if you've been here the last couple of weeks, has been describing people who by faith, first of all, no matter what situation they were in, believe that there is a God, he exists, and he's a good God. He's going to reward those who seek him, that believe in him, who trust in him, who have faith in him. So we've had just description after description after description of that kind of faith, all right? That is actually going to be challenged in this last bit of Hebrews 11 that we're going to look at, okay? I want to set it up to say he's been trying to make the point, those that trust and believe in him, believe that he exists and he re rewards those who seek him, that's going to be challenged now as he himself writes the portion that we're going to look at. Okay, so will you stand with me? I'd love for us to read together Hebrews 11. I'll read for you. You can follow along starting in verse 30. Drop all the way down to Hebrews 11 and uh, verse 30. Here's what the word of the Lord says. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after being marched around by the Israelites for seven days. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, welcomed the spies in peace and didn't perish with those who disobeyed. And what more can I say? Time is too short for me to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets who, by faith, conquered kingdoms administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the raging of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, gained strength and weakness, became mighty in battle, and put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Okay, now I'm just going to hit pause because mid-verse, there is such a hard shift that happens, okay? All these incredible you know, raising the banner, and then mid-verse, verse 35, other people were tortured, not accepting release so that they might gain a better resurrection. Others experienced mockings and scourgings, as well as bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawed in two. They died by the sword they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, afflicted, mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts 
and on mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. And these were approved through their faith, but they didn't receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, so that they would not be made perfect without us. Jesus, um, man, there's a lot here, and we want to learn. What, what do you have hidden in, in this passage? What is there, maybe in plain sight, but, but is hidden from our eyes because of our own just slowness to hear, our resistance to truth? Would you, Lord Jesus, give us those eyes to see and ears to hear? Would you, Holy Spirit, please speak to us now? I pray, God, that there'd be many in this room that would feel like, man, am I the only one in the room? That you're, you're so taking your word and laying it directly into our lives that it just seems inescapable. Lord, I pray for that spiritual encounter that only you can bring. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. All right, go ahead and be seated and let's... Let's take a closer look at this, guys. I, I pointed out, even while we were reading, that big shift in, in mid-verse 35, right? And, it, and it's almost startling that it's just all this incredible, you know, Jericho's walls tumbling down, heroic feats, David, Gideon, you know, conquering kingdoms, blah, 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 and then just wham, torture, mocking. I mean, look at the descriptions. Sawed in two, destitute. Does that sound like a reward of faith, right? Does that sound, does that last bit there, does that sound like, oh yeah, there's a God who rewards faith by being destitute, sawed in two? So again, like I said earlier, this is describing faith, not defining it, but the reality is, we know this, guys, people who live by faith sometimes see amazing victories, amazing, miraculous, temporary victories where God does unbelievable stuff, stuff like what is listed right here in Hebrews 11. See it with their own eyes. And other people also living by faith suffer, are met with terrible circumstances often because of their faith, right? So how is all this together a description of a God who is there and rewards those who earnestly seek him. How, how is that? That's, that's what I want to ask. And I, and I just need you to know, God was really working in my own soul as I read through this passage because I feel like my own story, my own faith story, um, has both of these aspects to it. Like, I remember the miraculous, those short-term victory things that he really has brought to me. I still remember one of the coolest ones is so maybe insignificant and trivial, but we were so poor and... Uh, my daughter was turning one, and I wanted so desperately to get something in my hands to give her for her one-year birthday, and we had nothing. And you guys know, if you've ever been poor, you know where every dollar is and where every dollar is not, right? So I had my wallet. I was living in L.A., had my Velcro wallet that I had bought at Muscle Beach, and, uh, and I knew for sure there was nothing in it. You're never, you're, you're, you, know, you know, right? And I was like, Lord, I just need one dollar. If you could just give me one dollar, I just want to give my little girl a gift. And I, 
you know, open the Velcro wallet. And there was a dollar. And it, guys, you will not tell me anything different. There was no dollar in there before I prayed that. God gave me a dollar and I went and bought her this rose and she slept with it. Anyway, it's just it's really, oh, it's so beautiful. What God, I, I'll never forget those little miracles, right? But, but bigger ones where two, two of my four kids almost died at birth and praying, 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 and God spared them. I'm saying, God has done those things in my life. But I've seen the other. I've seen where I'm praying and praying, and it doesn't seem to work out the way that I, I'm confident God would be glorified and honored by answering that prayer. The most remarkable happened 11 years ago. Um, got a call to, to run to the emergency room because there was something terrible going on with, with our friends, the Groters. And when I got in there, my, my friend Derek, who's a cop, had his full Kevlar because he was on duty at the time. I, I, I get open the emergency room door, and there he is, hovering over, tears coming down his face, hovering over the body of his dead son, who is not even quite one year old, little Kale. And he looks up, sees me coming, and he just says, I know God's got a purpose in this. I know God's got a purpose. Like willing himself to say that, right? The room is just packed with cops and firemen, right? All these first responders that are all there watching this thing. And guys, I walked over and I prayed over Kale. I don't know if I've ever prayed with more faith. I don't know if I've ever prayed that God would be glorified by raising him from the dead with more confidence, with more earnest. God said no. God said no to that. I was praying that one of these, you know, verse 35 moments would happen, right? Women receive their dead, raised to life again. Like, God does that stuff, right? He does that stuff. And I wanted that to ha- I wanted that verse to come true in that moment. It did. Guys, here's what I believe Hebrews 11 is reteaching me again, and I, I want him to teach you as well. Here's the big idea. Here's what I believe we're to learn from this. You can't measure faith by either temporary victories or temporary defeats. Faith anchors us in a person, Jesus Christ. Our our faith isn't going to be measured in in these sweet victories or these devastating defeats, either one. That's not what faith is. That's not how you measure if there's really faith involved, if there's a victory or a defeat. That's not it. Our faith is actually in a person, and it's Jesus Christ. And, And that's what I want us to see from this passage. So the first part that, that we read through there, starting in verse 30, right? You can look again at your Bibles, the, the list of all these victorious things. The first thing I want us to say is this. Faith brings victories, right? But those victories are actually wrapped in humility, okay? Faith brings victories, but they're wrapped in humility. And here, here's how I want you to see that. Like, look at right there. The first verse, verse 30, is about Jericho. Jericho falling down after being marched around by the Israelites. Okay, have you guys read the story of, of Jericho in the book of Joshua? How many guys have read the Joshua to hear? Okay, so you'll, you'll follow along with this. And if you haven't, maybe that could be your next Bible reading thing. There's no small amount of the book of Joshua. Like, it takes six chapters just to talk about what is mentioned in, in one verse here. Because here's the way that it goes. The whole Israelite army, they've come out of Egypt, out of the Exodus. They're about ready to cross over. And their very first battle, the very first time that they're ever to go in and conquer the land is this little tiny town of, of Jericho, okay? So here's the way that God prepares for this courageous moment. Finally, we've been wandering, wandering, wandering. This is our moment to have victory. Here's what they do. First, you're going to stand and watch a river get dried up. 
No, it's not get your civil engineers, figure out how to build a dam. Come on, let's go, let's work. No, no, no. You're just going to stand there. The priests are going to put a little toe in the water. It's just going to go, Pow! and you're going to walk through on dry land. But it's not going to, you're not going to be out there with fans drying it off. You know, it's not going to, no work. You're just going to watch this happen, and you're going to wa- wander through like, whoa, almost like a second exodus, right? But now it's the journey. Okay, when you get to the other side, okay, now here we are. We're ready. He got us over there. Now there, there's the town. Oh, wait. Uh, go back and grab some rocks out of the river. I want you to build a little monument. I want to take 12 stones. Find some really good, some big ones. You're going to pile them up. I want you to remember this place. Like, get some rocks. Okay, you know, and you go back, and they build a little thing with the 12 rocks. Okay, next thing, circumcise all your warriors. What? No, see, we got to go into battle. Can you imagine how incapacitated the army is going to be? All right, if you have to explain that to your kids later, that's on you. I'm just saying, imagine how incapacitated. They're, they're ready right now. They're, now they're ready. We finally did all this stuff. Now it's time to go. Nope. Take a moment. Circumcise every male warrior. Yeah, wince all you like. That's what happened. Next, here's how you're gonna. Here's how you're. Here's how you're gonna get ready. Prepare yourself for this battle. Oh, have a seven-day potluck. Yep. Everybody, sit down. You're gonna have. You're gonna celebrate Passover, which isn't just a quick little meal. We're talking about a seven-day festival. Enjoy yourselves. Have some meals. I, the people have got to be like, is that Jericho right? There? Are we? I've got my armor on. You know. Nope. Have a big. Have a big potluck. Okay, now it's time. Ready, warriors? All right, get up in formation. Actually, walk around the walls of Jericho. Don't say a word. Don't lift a sword. Don't breathe a single thing out of your mouth. Oh, you're going to be accompanied by by some brass. (laughs) You're going to have some trumpets. So it's going to be like a parade, actually. Okay, do that. In fact, do that once a day until I tell you different. (laughs) What? What? Oh, and then on the seventh day, okay, I got some new orders. Do that seven times. Oh, and then when you get done doing that seven times, nope, not time to get the sword out. Nope, just stand there and yell at the wall, <laughs> right? That's it. I want you to go around seven times and then just with your hand, like that. What happened when they followed God's word? Joshua 6. So the troops shouted, the ram's horns sounded. When they heard the blast of the ram's horn, the troops gave a great shout, and the wall just just collapsed. The troops advanced into the city, each man straight ahead, and they captured the city. Now I should ask yourself, do you think for a moment that there was a warrior there that took credit for that victory? Do you think there was any big stud warrior that was like, that's right? No, no. There was a humility, a deep, profound humility that came to the people of of Israel to every warrior because they realized they did nothing. They followed what might have seemed like the most absurd preparation rules, right? And then stood there and with their hands behind their back, ah, right, yelling, and it just tink right before their eyes, right? Here's the real kicker. That next verse, verse three, we're going to pick up the pace, by the way. We won't do this through this whole thing. By faith, Rahab the prostitute welcomed the spies The hero of the story, as it turns out, Rahab the prostitute. Go go through those six chapters. Joshua isn't the hero. Those warriors aren't the hero. The hero of the thing, Rahab the prostitute. Do you think when she got rescued and all this happened that Rahab said, 
Darn right, darn right I got rescued. It's because of my deep faith, because of my virtuous, noble life. That's me, faith-filled Rahab. Do you think for a moment Rahab was like, that's me? No. You know what the Bible says? Rahab said this. It says this, before the men fell asleep, she went up on the roof, these spies, you'll have to read the story in your own, that she was hiding. Here's what she says to them. I know that the Lord has given you this land, for the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. Okay, see the way Lord is a little bit different? That's because that signifies, that signals the reader that she's actually not saying God in this general kind of creator out there somewhere. It's his name, Yahweh. She has heard the story of Yahweh, and she's saying, you know what? I believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him, and I'm seeking him right now, not because I deserve it, but because there's a God, Yahweh, that exists, and I'm seeking him, and God rewarded this unbelievable faith. But it came with humility, guys, right? Humility. You know, it's a cool little footnote to that story. You turn to Matthew chapter 1, first book of the New Testament, and you find her name again. You know why? She's in the lineage of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Rahab, and, and no, not pulling any punches, Rahab the prostitute, right? Who suddenly came out of that whole life to have an encounter with the living God, with Yahweh, changed her life forever, and God gave this sweet victory through her humble hands. People who experience incredible miracles, guys, they don't get cocky. They don't think it's because of the strength of their own faith. It's because I mustered up all this strength inside me. They have humility, and it comes easy for them because they know God pulled it off. They didn't. So you look at that, that list, you know, there of, of Gideon, Barak, David, right? All these guys, it's true for all of them. David versus Goliath. If you go through that story in 1 Samuel, you know, he says, oh, I see this big giant. He goes, oh, you come at me with sword, javelin. Yeah, I see all that stuff. I come at you with something way stronger than that, the name of God. <laughs> no, it wasn't the little rock that killed Gideon, right? I mean, yeah, I mean Gideon. Hopefully not. No, that, that killed uh, David and Goliath. Um, it was the Lord himself. He says, hey, when, when this is all done, you're going to know the Lord is the one that did this. Same thing with, with Daniel with the lion's mouth he refers to here, right? Actually, Shadmach, or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, this is pretty cool. I just want to read this one from when they quenched the fire. He refers to that, quenching the fire. Here's what they say to the king that's about to throw them in the fire. Daniel chapter 3, it says this. If the God we serve exists then he can rescue us from the furnace of blazing fire, and he can rescue us from the power of you, king. But even if he doesn't rescue us, we want you as king to know we will not serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you set up. There's a God who exists, and he rewards those who seek him. You know what? Even if he doesn't answer our prayer and we burn up in there, there's a God, and there's a better city after this one you built here, and I'm for him, and I'm for that, right? So what I'm saying is, there's a humility that comes because they're hiding behind God. Every one of these would give testimony. This isn't because of I, my strong faith. It's because there's a God who is faithful. Okay. Then you hit that hard shift in verse 35, right, where you go from children getting raised to life again to people being tortured, mocked, imprisoned, sawed into, right? The second thing I want us to see is faith 
endures defeats because they're wrapped in hope. Faith, that same faith that gets to, to, to receive victories also endures defeats. Even temporary defeats, they're temporary because they're wrapped in hope. I was thinking about this this week that, um, so we've got a bunch of university students, a bunch of Iowa students here. Sometimes these Iowa students come to Christ, and as soon as they come to Christ, they just start telling everybody they know about Jesus, their friends, their family, everything. Some of them, when that happens, they see this little pocket of revival break out, and roommates come to Christ, and friends come to Christ, and family members come to Christ. It's awesome, right? Sometimes these Iowa students come to know Jesus. They also start telling everybody around them about their faith, and you know what happens? They get mocked. They get kind of persecuted. And in fact, they get pushed out of their friend group. They go back to a dorm room or an apartment, and they feel like a stranger because nobody wants to talk to them, and don't ever bring that up again. Let me ask you something. Is it because of the amount of faith involved? Is it because student A was actually had a, a whole bunch of strong faith and student B was actually weak in faith? Is that the reason that one saw a little revival go on and the other got mocked? Of course not, right? Same thing, guys. Here we are worshiping like we are this morning. People leading us and we're filling this place, just rocking the walls with our worship. And then we read of Christians around the world right now, not back in olden days, right here, right now, being kidnapped, murdered because of their faith in places like northern Nigeria, okay? In places like northern Nigeria today, there will be Christians kidnapped and killed because they've chosen to gather to worship Jesus on the Lord's day. I'm gonna ask you, is that because we've got so much stronger faith than they do? Is that because we've figured out how to muster up strong faith and they must be so weak in faith? Is that why that goes on? Guys, the moment we begin to measure true faith on the tally marks of temporary victories or temporary defeats, we have completely lost what Hebrews is teaching us. In fact, the truth is, I admire so deeply the faith of those Nigerian Christians. Those weak, <laughs> defeated Nigerian Christians. I admire like crazy the destitute brothers and sisters that I have in Zambia. And the faith that they have while remaining in a destitute place of poverty. I admire like crazy the jailed faith of Chinese brothers and sisters in Christ who are in jail for one reason. They will not bow to the king and have one high king, Jesus Christ. And you know what makes me cringe? This is cringeworthy that a lot of the believers in those other countries look over to the West to places like Veritas Church and admire our faith because of how much we help them or do whatever. Is that just cringeworthy? 
that somehow they look over as if we're the ones who have strong faith. You know what I mean? It, it, honestly, maybe we could use some destitution and defeats in order to gain the kind of faith that some of those who have these temporary defeats out there really display to the rest of the world, right? I, I sometimes hear, guys, some, sometimes hear American Christians, oh, we're being persecuted. We're getting, we might lose our tax-exempt status. What? You know, maybe, maybe again, we could lo- use a little destitution, a little persecution, if it means gaining the kind of faith that I see placed around the world. Verse 38, though, you guys, is, is just maybe the most remarkable. Look, look again at verse 38. The world was not worthy of them. And then right back, they wandered in deserts and on mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground, right? What a remarkable, and I'm telling you what, world wasn't worthy of them. So um, I've got a picture to show you of some pretty remarkable faith-filled men. So this guy here is, is Jim Elliott. Uh, his wife, uh, widow, Elizabeth Elliott, is the one I talk about all the time because I listen to her all the time, and maybe you guys have read her books and, and so forth. So Jim Elliott, Nate Saint, Ed McCauley, Roger Darian, and Pete Fleming. That's the five guys you're seeing up on the screen. January 8th, 1956. Speared to death by a group of people that they were seeking to reach with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Had been preparing for that moment that they would finally be able to, to, to reach this hostile people group with the gospel of Jesus because things were looking so hopeful. They had made such strides. They'd worked so hard on language and contact and the, the whole journey of getting to that point to finally be able to share the gospel. And this was the day that they were going to have this moment to share the gospel. And instead of sharing the gospel, they were speared to death in the jungle. And as a result, seeing their faith, seeing the true evidence of their faith with spears in their backs. There were pictures that went around the world. Life Magazine did this whole big thing. Around the world, scores of men and women entered the mission field to take the gospel to unknown and unreached people groups. And even the tribe that speared them to death was eventually reached with the gospel. In fact, some of the ones who had each individual man on a spear, they were given a signed to spear this one, this one, this one. Some of those very murderers came to know Jesus Christ and became leaders in this church movement in the jungles of Ecuador. Defeat? Temporary defeat? Yeah, maybe, maybe a temporary defeat, but I'm telling you what, God had it all there, and the reward of their faith didn't come in that moment of being able to get across the gulf and, and show the gospel. It came at their death, but I'm telling you, here's what Jim Elliott said. Many years before the, that defeat, Jim Elliot said, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. So Jim Elliot was 22 years old when he wrote that in his journal. At age 28, with a new wife and a 10-month-old little girl, was speared to death in a river in the jungles of Ecuador. And no regrets. And no regrets. Their temporary defeat was wrapped in hope 
Their hope was never that they would gain all this notoriety and build a little kingdom for themselves here. And the, no, no, no. Their whole, their, their whole faith was wrapped in hope that came in a faith in God who actually rewards those who seek him, even if that means in, in this world a temporary defeat, even your own mortal death. There's something more. There's a hope that transcends even the temporary defeats. That's what kept them going. You, you cannot take from me something that I can never lose. Jesus Christ has given me hope. And take my life, that doesn't diminish my hope. And God's going to reward that. Okay, I want us to look at the last couple of verses. Let me read them for you again, verses 39 and 40. All these were approved through their, through their faith, but they did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better for us so that they would not be made perfect without us. Here's the last point that I want us to meditate on. Faith anchors us in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what faith is all about. It's all about trusting in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Not this immediate victory, not this immediate defeat. That's not what's going to define my faith. It's my hope in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Remember, we, we, we've said all the way through this series, faith is not about what's in here. It's about who is out there. The who that's out there is not just a God who exists. That God who exists actually came to this earth in Jesus Christ, the incarnation. The God who is there that rewards faith came and lived among us, walked among us, came and gave his life for us. So, so here's the thing. All these Old Testament saints, all these people that we've been, these men and women that we've been reading about through Hebrews chapter 11, they've been looking forward not to just the little promise of, of this or that that they were hoping for in this world, to the, like capital T, capital P, the promise of a Messiah, of a, a, of a Jesus Christ. Because ever since we got ourselves into this mess in sin way back in Genesis 3, God had made the promise, the big capital P promise that one day there would come a victor who would crush the enemy once and for all and free us Free us from our sin and from death itself. And he has come in Jesus Christ. So all those Old Testament saints were looking forward to the culmination of that promise. And now we join them. We, on the other side of what Jesus did, look back. But all of us are looking toward one person, Jesus Christ, right? David, Daniel, Barak, Rahab, all of them looking forward to that promise. All of us join them. And here's what's crazy. What these, check out the enormity of these verses, you guys. I hope this lands so heavy on you. Guys, we are one big happy family with the likes of Abraham. <laughs> We're one big happy family. The, the only one pulling all of us into that future city is Jesus Christ. One day we're going to walk the streets of gold and we'll be like, Daniel, I, I think I've heard of you. Daniel, oh, Daniel, I get to walk the streets of gold with Daniel, the prophet, like, we're going to be walking along with you like, hey, have you met Rahab? This is my friend Rahab. I want you to meet Rahab. What? You know, and we get, we get to be walking on the same sidewalk as Rahab. Why? It wasn't Rahab's faith that got her there. It's not my faith. It's, it, it's not, or my, my, you know, mustering up faith. It's my faith that Jesus Christ would get me there. Jesus pulled Rahab the prostitute and Jeff the knucklehead from Osage into the same family. Is that crazy? That's our hope. Man, we might get a life with all sorts of cool, miraculous victories. I hope, I hope you get to see God do some of that sweet stuff. It's awesome. Hope you get to find a dollar when there's no dollar. I hope you get that. But you know what? Your life is also going to be marked by a bunch of temporary defeats, too. 
Stuff that you really think, please, please let this happen. It doesn't. Even that's not going to define you. Our faith is defined by who we trust. It's in Jesus Christ, and it's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I, I've got just enough time. I want you to go to the end of Hebrews. We're going we're gonna to get there in, in a few weeks, but go to verse 20 of the last chapter, chapter 13. Look at verse 20 with me. Now may the God of peace, Hebrews 13, 20, and now may the God of peace who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, a promise, an unbreakable covenant promise, equip you with everything to do his will, working in us what is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. What equips us to do anything good while here on this earth? What fuels me to keep going? It is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is that that good shepherd came and the way that he displayed phenomenally his love for me is first by dying for me and then raising again to give me the hope he said, hey, and where I am, there you will be also. I'm pulling you into this whole storyline. I'm going to take you to that city. Guys, that resurrection promise is for Abraham and Moses and Kale Groters and Kale's parents, Derek and Dawn, and for you and for me because that promise God was good to his promise. Jesus has come. He's come. So what I want us to do, guys, in order to really, like, get this deep in our souls, is we're going to celebrate communion together. And as you take communion today, I, I want it to be like a deeply spiritual encounter were you actually once again in a deep, meditative way, you say, Jesus, as I take this bread and this cup, I want to remember that my faith is not anchored in my faithfulness. I might be experiencing some incredible days right now. Oh, wow, God, that's not because of me. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Or right now, it might be that you're actually experiencing some some temporary defeats. Let this be the time that you're like, but Jesus, if today is the day I close my eyes in mortal death, there's no sting in my death anymore because I am going to open my eyes in the presence of Jesus Christ, my Savior. What's the worst thing that can happen to me? Mortal death? Even that's a victory because of Jesus, right? Let this be a moment that we recenter our lives and say, Lord, by faith, I believe you exist and you reward with the promise, the promise, no matter what this vapor of a life brings me, good or bad, my hope is fixed on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Will you stand with me as we, as we pray together? So Jesus, 
I do pray in these moments where we actually hold that bread in our hands and that cup in our hands, that you would be whispering sweet truths into our ears, Lord. That this is never about my faithfulness toward you. I want to be faithful, Lord, I do. But that's not my hope. (laughs) My hope is in you, Jesus. Maybe some today are especially defeated. Stir hope in them, Lord. If they're in Christ, Lord, repeat into their souls, you reward those who seek you. And you will never leave them. You will never forsake them. And even this little defeat may actually be part of the story that will bring you honor and bring you glory, and we have the privilege of just taking part in that. Hear us as we pray to you now. Hear us as we worship you. Continue to lead us. Lord Jesus, we will follow. No matter what this day brings or tomorrow brings, we will follow with hope stirred in our souls. Anchor us now in the truth of the gospel. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.